0: What do you do when you hit rock bottom? What do you do? What do you do when you do something so bad and you make such a mess out of your life? For some of you, you don't need to imagine. Because you've lived through it. I'm sure some of you here have quite the stories about an addiction, a problem in a relationship, a divorce, a separation. Maybe it was an arrest. I'm sure some of you here have those stories. And for others of you, you might not have that story. You might never have been addicted to anything. You might not have ever caused giant relationship problems. You might never have been arrested. But whether you have a story about when you hit rock bottom or not, there's something I know about each one of you. Each one of us has the tools in our life to make a giant mess and to hit rock bottom. Because the Bible says that inside each one of us is lust and pride and selfishness and violence. There's a sinful nature that lives inside of me. And that sinful nature lives inside of you as well. So what do you do when you hit rock bottom? Your sinful nature not only wants to make a mess out of your life, destroy the relationships that you have, But worst of all, it wants to drag you down to hell. And I get it. It's one minute into my message, and I'm already talking about hell and what your sinful nature wants to do with you. I understand it's a little bit of shock. But it's true. And it's a message that we need to hear. Because some of you have gone through this. What do you do when you hit rock bottom? And for those of you that haven't, you have the tools to hit rock bottom in your life. So what do you do? For the last three weeks, we've been going through the story of Samson. And if you're new with us today, it might kind of feel like you're jumping in at the end of a movie. If you want to see the whole story, we got our sermons on our website. You can go back and watch them. Uh, but if you think about Samson, usually what people remember is about how he was a guy who had really big muscles and was really strong. But as we look at the story of Samson, we don't just see somebody who was strong we see somebody who was also very morally weak. Samson did a lot of really bad things. He slept with prostitutes. He messed around with the Philistine women who were supposed to be Israel's enemies. He was very violent. He killed over a thousand men. He was selfish. And he lied over and over again to the point where he got his hair cut. See, God God told him that, Samson, you're going to be my hand-picked leader to free the Israelites from the Philistines. The Philistines were the bad guys. They were trying to drive out Israel. And God says, I'm picking you, Samson, to deliver Israel from the Philistines. And Samson, he used his strength and he would have thought he would use that strength to drive out the Philistines. But instead, he made such a mess out of his life. And normally when we think about Samson, we think about someone so strong. But today, we see him like this. Both of his eyes gouged out in chains, and in a Philistine prison. Samson had officially hit rock bottom. He had done sin after sin in his life, and he got to the lowest point of his life, being thrown in prison. So what do you do when you hit rock bottom? Well, let's see what Samson did. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to celebrate saving our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. So the Philistines, they're ecstatic. They caught Samson, uh, national enemy number one. Samson had caused so many problems to the Philistines, he'd killed so many of their troops, and now uh, they caught him. They did this uh, trick last week where they, they got Samson's girlfriend, Delilah, to figure out the secret to his strength, and she got it out of Samson that if you cut his hair, he loses his strength. And so they shaved his head, and they captured Samson, And now he's in prison. And now they're thanking their false god, Dagon, uh, for being able to capture Samson. The Philistines were seafaring people, so Dagon was like half man, half fish god. That was their false god that they were worshiping. And they were so excited that they caught Samson. While they were in high spirits, that means when they had too much to drink, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. So they caught Samson, and now they want to humiliate him. They said, entertain us. So you kind of wonder what kind of form of entertainment they made him do. You know, Maybe treat him like a court jester, or tell some jokes, juggle. Uh, I heard one Bible scholar say, I wonder if the Philistines brought out a set of big weights, like really big, heavy things. And they said, all right, Samson, pick it up. And they watched Samson struggle as he tried to pick up these big weights, And he couldn't do it. He used to be able to do it when he was strong. But now he's weak, he can't lift anything, and everyone's laughing at him, making fun of him. And that's the point. Samson had hit rock bottom, and now he's being humiliated. And he's all alone. And that's a real life application to when you hit rock bottom today. When your sinful disobedience wreaks havoc in your life, you might feel all alone. When people found out about what you did, you're going to feel humiliated. Your sin may cause problems in your relationships. It makes sense. If you have a spouse or a partner and you're sitting against them really bad, they might not want anything to do with you anymore. When your family founds out about that thing that you did, they might not want to talk to you anymore. They might not want to visit you on holidays. That's a real side effect of hitting rock bottom. You'll feel all alone and humiliated. And that's what Samson's going through. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. So I think the best way to put it is this is a party at the Philistine White House. So they have uh, all the rulers, the president, the kings, or however their government is set up with the Philistines. All the important Philistine people are there and a large crowd, over 3,000 people there, just to watch what happened to Samson. But when Samson was done performing, he brought a servant over and said this, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Samson was done entertaining everyone, he was done being the court jester, and he says, give me some relief, lean me up against the pillar, so I at least have something to lean on. And then Samson prayed. He said, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me. Just once more. And let me get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. So you think to yourself, hey, it's good. Samson's finally learning his lesson. He's deciding to pray. But look at this prayer. It's a prayer of vengeance. He says, let me get revenge for my two eyes. And I think it's easy to look at this and say, really, Samson? You're going to pray now. Because throughout your whole life, you were doing whatever you wanted to do. God gave you a special command, a special job to free the Israelites from the Philistines. And you didn't pray at all. You just did whatever you wanted. You didn't remember what God told you to do. But now that he's at his lowest point, now that he's been humbled, he prays to God. He says, God, remember me. Give me strength just once more. And that leads to our big point for the day. God remembers his forgetful servants. God remembers his forgetful servants. God has called each one of us to serve him. And he puts us in different positions in life to do it. Some of you are fathers or husbands. Some of you might be wives or mothers. You might be a student, an employee, an employer, Whatever position that you are in in life, that's the position that God has put you, and that's the area of your life where you should serve him. But isn't it easy to become a forgetful servant, where instead of doing everything you can to serve God in the position of life that you are in, you forget, and you begin to serve yourself. Maybe God has called you to be a faithful husband, a good father, but it's easy to forget that, and instead to serve yourself. Maybe God has called you to be a faithful employee. But you forget that. And you cut corners and you do everything you can just to serve yourself instead. It's easy for us to become forgetful servants. And that's who Samson was. He was a forgetful servant. He was given a specific job to free the Israelites from the Philistines. But instead of doing that, he married a Philistine woman, tried to do it. He told lies. He did his own thing. He forgot God's plan that he had for his life. But God remembers his forgetful servants. When Samson was at his lowest, God was right there with him. God was still watching over him. Samson's sin didn't separate him from the Lord. Even though he did terrible things, God didn't leave him. He was still right there with him, even when he was in prison. And Samson cried out, Let me die with the Philistines. He had one hand on one pillar here, he had one other hand on this pillar here, he prayed to God for strength, and God gave him his strength back and he pushed. And the whole temple collapsed. Killing all the Philistines inside and Samson. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. In that one act, Samson killed more people while he died than all who were, than while he was alive. Which is impressive because if you read the Samson story, there is one story where he killed 1,000 Philistine men with a jawbone of a donkey. And he so in this one act, he killed more than that. It says that he, there were at least 3,000 people there. It very well could have been or five, 6,000 people in that room. And Samson defeated them. And this probably wasn't what he was expecting, right? Do you think that this is how Samson thought that he would defeat the Philistines? He probably thought, God gave me super strength, I'll go to war with him, I'll drive him out. But instead of his disobedience, it led him to being thrown in prison. But even God used that. God even used Samson's disobedience to carry out his plans to defeat the Philistines. And here's the last verse of the story of Samson. Then his brothers and his father's whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him. He had led Israel 20 years. So in here we get a hint that Samson accomplished his job. Samson's family was able to go right into Philistine territory unarmed or unharmed, find Samson's body, and give him a proper burial, meaning that uh, the Philistines they were driven out, at least for a while. Samson accomplished God's purpose for him. God accomplished Samson's purpose of driving out the Philistines, even if it was a way that Samson didn't, uh, expect. So that's the story of Samson. How should we feel about him? Is he a good guy? Bad guy? He definitely had his faults. So what do we think about Samson when we look back at this character of the Bible? Well, I kind of think we should think of him like Robert Downey Jr. Is that what you were thinking, right? Uh, It kind of reminds me of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, He's uh, Iron Man, you know, the the highest paid actor in Hollywood. He made, I forget, so many million dollars being Iron Man in all these Marvel movies. But before Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man, he was this guy. That's uh, a mugshot of Robert Downey Jr. after he was thrown in prison for drug possession. He was addicted to cocaine And he found himself in prison. His wife threatened to leave him. And nobody in Hollywood wanted to work with him. That was Robert Downey Jr.'s rock bottom. So how should you think of him? When you think about Robert Downey Jr., do you think of him as a successful actor? Or do you think of him as somebody who would hit rock bottom? Do you think of Robert Downey Jr. as a hero? Or a zero? i think the same is with samson do we think of samson as the hero the big strong guy that helped free the Philistines, or do we think of him as somebody who hit rock bottom somebody who did a lot of really bad things is samson a hero or a zero well later in the bible we get that answer in hebrews chapter 11 which i read to you earlier there's a heroes of faith chapter and it lists off all these guys in the Bible that did really great things. There's Moses and Abraham, guys who lived by faith. But as we read, Samson's name was there. I think that's his picture there with his arms out like that on this picture. So what does that mean? What does that tell us? It tells us that Samson is now in heaven with Jesus. Did Samson do some pretty bad things? Absolutely He did terrible things. But is he in heaven with Jesus? Yes. Not because Samson earned it or deserved it. Not because he lived a perfect life. But as you read through the list of all these people in the Bible, their stories are similar. There were times where they acted in faith and served the Lord. But there are also stories about every one of them doing something just really bad. Something really awful. And in that way, The story of Samson is the story of you and me. We are called to serve God. We are forgiven in Jesus' name, and now we want to serve him in our lives. But do we still do some pretty bad things once in a while? Absolutely. But we still have the comfort that our sins are forgiven. We still have the comfort that our sins are forgiven because of Jesus. Not because of what Samson did. Because Samson was a flawed leader. But Samson had a perfect leader. Named Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who came to this world, who never once sinned, who was the perfect leader who never once forgot God's laws, and he used his strength to help people, to serve people, to care for people. Jesus was the strongest man who ever lived, but he put aside his strength and became weak. On the cross, he was crushed and defeated. On the cross, Jesus was was crushed so that we would never have to be crushed. On the cross, Jesus was defeated so that we would never have to be defeated. Jesus was perfect so that he could die a perfect death and give us that perfection. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see somebody who hit rock bottom because of their sin. He doesn't see somebody who constantly screws up over and over and over again. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus and his perfection. That's the reason why Samson's in heaven. Because he believed that Jesus would come one day. And that's the reason why we get to go to heaven one day. Not because we always keep our lives perfect, but because we have a perfect leader named Jesus who died for us and saved us. So what do you do when you hit rock bottom? What do you do when your life's a mess? What do you do when you do that thing again that you said you wouldn't do and you feel awful about it? Well, for our sinful disobedience in our life, we need to repent. If you've done something that made a giant mess in your life, you need to repent for it. Acknowledge that you're a sinner that does sinful things and bring it to the Lord. But remember that God remembers you. Remember that there is nothing that you can do that can separate you from God's love. Remember that no matter what you've done, no matter how terrible you might think it is, Jesus' perfection is still for you because of what he did on the cross. Remember that. We have a God who remembers you. So, as we look back at the story of Samson, we see our own lives in it. Called to serve God, but make mistakes after mistakes, sin after sin in our lives. But we still get to go to heaven for the same reason that Samson got to go to heaven. Not because he was perfect, but because Jesus was. We do this all in his name. Amen. Please stand. We continue now by singing the Create in Me, printed on page 9 of your bulletins.